Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When we see the character of God, what does that say to you and me? It means that I understand he's a compassionate God. He loves to give new starts. He's ready to forgive every single time we repent. So how am I going to be like God then? I should have that character. Well, I have to live it. I learned from it this morning. You were reminded of the character of God. That's the image we were made in. But our sin nature battles it. But let's get back to it. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden before the fall, they had unrestricted fellowship with God. They walked and talked with Him. After the fall, that access was closed. Ever since then, man has been trying to get back to God on our own terms, unsuccessfully. Pastor Mark is reminding us that finally, Jesus did what we couldn't do, made it possible for restoration with God. This new relationship also enables us to live the life God intended us to. Even though we mess up, we need to remember that God's forgiveness is available and we can move forward with Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 2 with part 3 of his message, Christ followers are chosen people and holy priests. Some of you are going through a difficult time. Some of you just found out your spouse is leaving. They're walking out the door. You lost your job. You got a report this week medically. It was terrible. The kids are having this difficulty thing. You're struggling financially. And you're trying to think all as you go through all of this stuff. Well, how can I be thanking God? We're not thanking him for the disasters. We're thanking him in it because he's doing what? Let me just give you a word of encouragement. No matter what you're going through and it looks like it's going to cave in, he's holding you together this morning. Some of you needed that encouragement this morning. That's from God. He holds all things together. He's got you in the palm of his hand this morning. Relax. But do you remember the words of one of the songs we sang this morning? Your praise will ever be on my... When I heard that song, I went, yeah, right song for the right service. Perfect. Let's go back. Here we are. Next. The sacrifice of good works. Do not forget to do good and share with those in need. We just covered that. You're here to serve God in this church. Thank you. Because you're doing good things, not only in this church, but of course, outside the church. You're doing good things, and that's a sacrifice. Why? Well, you're going to make those boxes of love that go to the kids in Haiti. It's a sacrifice. You're going to pay the five bucks, buy gifts. Your kids are going to, you know how the kids go, I want one of these, one of those. Well, you gave it to the person in Haiti. Why can't I get one? Well, Christmas isn't here yet. It'll come. It's going to be a sacrifice to you. But we love doing that because we're blessing people who are less fortunate 
than us. Next, the sacrifice of our possessions and our money goes right along with it. See, everything you have, when you put yourself in that offering bag, it's all God's. Our money, our possessions, whatever, the serving time, our gifts, our talents. It's all God's. We just say, God, it's yours. I'm your servant. That's why I'm here. Next, the sacrifice of sharing the gospel. Paul says when he went into Rome, he went into Rome for one reason. So that people could be born again. You're here not just to do good works. You're here to be light and salt. Our neighborhoods, our families, our workplaces are filled with people who don't know God. How are they going to know God? Well, Pastor Mark, I'm like not into that. No, you have to sacrifice yourself and get into it. You have to obey the word of God. We have to love the lost, not just the church family. When this service is over, the church infiltrates our cities. For what reason? To do good works, to make God look good, and to look for an opening to share the gospel. Even in a restaurant this afternoon, stop the waitress, the waiter, and say, anything I can do for you, anything we could pray for you. Just see what God will do. Think about those people. Now, look at verse 6. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, talking about Jesus again, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Peter goes back to Isaiah, basically, 28. And he says, you're absolutely secure. He who puts his trust in him will never be put to shame. I'm back to the same situation again. When I'm struggling and going through difficulty, I'm kind of thinking things are falling apart. We already covered that. He's got you together. He's what holds us together. But second, when those things happen in my life, because they happen in your life too, all these distractions, these difficult things that happen to us, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Where is most of my focus if I'm not careful? It's on the trouble. Let's just picture this. This is the trouble you're going through. When I go through, where's most of my focus? Come on. It's right here. You can name it all. But I want you to see this verse. This is what Peter's trying to say. You can trust God. He's never going to fail you. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So what is the writer of Hebrews trying to say to us? If you trust in him, He's not going to fail you. So where should my eyes be? When I'm going through difficult times, the divorce, the sickness, you name it, whatever. Should Satan will always, in my own weakness, will always direct me right back to where? The problem. But where should my eyes go? The solution. His name is Jesus. Is your eyes on the problem or the solution? By the way, he never failed you before. And he's not going to fail you now. Now, how can Peter write this? Look at what he writes here. He who trusts in him will never be put to shame. I want to show you why. I wrote it. One day in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus took his disciples away to talk to them. We were just there a few weeks ago. And in Caesarea Philippi, Jesus said to Peter and the disciples, who do people say I am? And they went through this whole list of things. And then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Who do you think I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to Peter, right on. And then he said these words, 
The gates of hell will never defeat the kingdom, the church of God. Okay, 20% of you get it. If I mention you today, perfect football teams for you guys. Perfect football. Are there any perfect football teams today? No. There was Miami in the old days, but that's, nobody can even remember that anymore. But let's talk about what you are part of. You're part of the body of Christ. You're in a church. We're people. Will the church of Jesus Christ ever fail? All right, think about it. The organization, the relationship you have with God, the church, you'll never be put to shame because it will never fail. Come hell or high water, the church will always be victorious. You are part of a family that's perfect because the head is perfect. And this fellowship of believers will never fail. You're on the winning team. Now, we're far from perfect, but he is perfect. Understand what you're part of today. This isn't CCM. God help us. This is the church of Jesus Christ worldwide. More than 2 billion Christians today. We have a head. We have a cornerstone. It will never fail. Don't ever think you're going to be a person that has to look at yourself and go, well, Pastor Mike, I think I'm going to be put to shame. The church church will never fail. You're in the right place. Amen. Verse 7. Life is filled with choices. And real eternal life comes down to two choices. How many? Come on. How many? Two. Watch in verse 7. Now to you who believe, Christians, this stone, Jesus, is precious, unique, one of a kind, can't be replaced. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. We're reminded again that our destiny depends on how many choices? Two. What two choices do you see in that verse? Believe or what? Reject. Refuse to believe. Here's the way you want to write it down. When you're talking with an unbeliever, this is the greatest choice a person will ever make in their life. Because it's not a choice about what you're going to eat today, who you're even going to marry, how important that is, of course. But it's your eternal choice. Here's what you want to write. Believe and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Choice number one. Or reject or refuse to believe and simply reject Jesus. That's it. This is not complicated. If you're going to heaven, you must believe and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's no name under heaven greater than Jesus' name. And let me read to you what Jesus said. Sometimes people don't get that second part. Remember, believe and receive Jesus as Savior or Lord, or refuse to believe and reject. Here's what Jesus says in John 8, 24, if you want to write it down. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. You will indeed die in your sins. So why is this the greatest choice, the greatest decision I'll ever make? Because I'm going to live, everybody's going to live somewhere after they die. If I die with my sin, and everybody's born with sin, and we practice sin. If I die with my sin, 
I will be separated from God forever in hell. Now, that's not God's fault. He sends a solution to sin. His name is Jesus. But if I reject him, I will die in my sins and be separated forever. We're not talking about a week. We're not talking about stand up against the wall. We're not talking about no TV for a month. We're talking about separated from holy God forever in hell, forever and ever, which means nothing to us because we can't comprehend that. But if I receive him as Lord and Savior, I will be with God forever and ever and ever. Now, see, we say that. You know that, but we don't believe it. If we really believe that, how on fire would we be to find people to witness to? We know it. It's a fact. We just sometimes don't believe it. This morning, there's many of you that have never made the choice to accept. Well, Pastor Mark, I haven't rejected Jesus. Well, have you chosen? Well, no. Oh, no, you've already made a choice. You have to make a positive choice to get to heaven. And the next thing Peter brings up, because he saw what happened to the Jewish people who were very religious, but they rejected the only way to God, the only way to get forgiveness. Now look, look at verse eight. A stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. What does that mean? It means on the road of life, Jesus said, I'm the way. Well, if I don't believe Jesus is the way, I'll stumble over that truth. No way. What I'm trying to say to you, Jesus, is I don't need your way. There's lots of ways to God. I'm going to be a really good person. No, what you read is, that's a stumbling block. Life doesn't work. Because if I don't have Jesus, I don't have purpose. I don't have meaning. And every road that I take will eventually be a dead end. And so I stumble over the truth Many people stumble over the truth. The Jewish people stumbled over the truth. He is not the Messiah. Today, that's not the issue. The issue is, I don't need a Messiah. I'm a good person. No, being good will never get you to heaven. It doesn't take care of your sins. I was just reading, because Linda and I were just there last year, in uh, parts of India, cities around, Kathmandu. They are now just outlawing Christian pastors, Christian missionaries in that country anymore. Now, the issue is not God. The issue is Jesus. See, Jesus is always the defining factor. Why? Because he's the only way to God. If you reject him, it's over. And so now there's going to be what? More persecution. In that country, it's just going to happen. It's just happening all through the world. And when you see that, it just reminds you how important this choice is. Now, verse 9 and 10, this is fantastic. Watch this. But you, because you've accepted Christ, are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, watch what it says in verse 10. Once you were not a people. He doesn't mean you weren't alive. You weren't a people of God. You weren't in the family of God. But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, you didn't ask God to forgive you and receive mercy. But now you've received mercy. So that's a direct contrast between those who are in Christ and those who have rejected Christ. Now, all those words that you see there, look at those words. Chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, people belonging to God, uh, declaring the praises of God. 
Who did that really start with? And I got to go through this very quickly. Listen, who were all those people? Well, it was the nation of Israel. Let me bring you up to speed in one minute. When God formed the nation of Israel, there were no Jewish people. He went to Abraham, who was not a Jew. He was a pagan. He became the father of the Jews. And he said to the father of the Jews, Abraham, you're going to make a nation. You're going to make a nation. And I want you to be light and salt to every other nation. Because when, when Abraham and the nation of Israel was formed, every other person worshipped idols. They had no idea there was a one true God. So that's what the Jewish people were to do. Watch this verse. Look at how powerful this is. This is God speaking to the children of Israel. Now, if you will obey me, and if you'll keep my covenant, you'll be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests. Sound familiar? My holy nation. This is a message you must give to the people of Israel. Now, that was the challenge from God. I'll make you chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, people belonging to God, declaring my praises, if you'll simply obey me. But what happened to the nation of Israel? They disobeyed. They failed to realize the promise of God. They forfeited its place. So here is the nation of Israel. Just picture a railroad station. And the track on the side is for trains that aren't going anywhere. God put the nation of Israel on the sidetrack. He said, I'm done with you. You know, it became so bad that the Jewish people became like their pagan neighbors. They actually, actually sacrificed their children live on fire to the God of Molech, which was not a God at all. And God said, done, finished, it's over. And then who did he put on the track then to be salt and light? Who did he put on the track to declare the goodness of God? Who? If you're a Christian this morning, raise your hand. You're for part of the church of God, raise your other hand. So who did he choose? The body of Christ, the church. We have taken the role of Israel. Why? Because Israel failed. How are we doing? We have to be careful. Much of the church in our world today are really great people. Then much of our church or world don't even believe in the Bible anymore. So we have to understand, we have a great responsibility. It's right in front of us today. Now, when you think about this, I like 1 Peter 2, 9, New Living Translation. Look at it. As a result, speaking to us as the body of Christ right here, as this living stone, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Much of the world doesn't understand the character of God. And we have to share how good God is. You know, when things happen, Las Vegas or whatever, what do unbelievers say? Well, that's the kind of God you have right there. Why did God kill all those people? God didn't kill those people. Satan killed those people. They don't understand the character of God. I want to show you the character of God. And I want you to see, because sometimes we forget the character of God. One day, Moses and God were interacting. Take a look at this verse. He, God, Jesus actually, passed in front of Moses and said, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. How many have experienced the mercy and grace of God? Hallelujah. I'm the merciful and gracious God. I'm slow to anger. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because it's very condemning. When you get in a fight with your spouse, 
How many are really slow to, don't you dare raise your hand, slow to anger? When I get angry, let's try slow to anger the way Gail Irwin used to do. Slow to anger. If you practice that in your marriage, good things will happen tonight. Let's move along. By the way, how many have experienced God's slowness to anger? How many times did you say, I'll never do that again? And he could have just destroyed us. Man, he's slow to anger. Thank you, God. Next. Rich and unfailing love and faithfulness. Remember what I told you? He's never failed you. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. I show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Why don't you get ready to raise your hand? How many of you know personally that God has forgiven every kind of stupid sin and ugly thing in your life? Absolutely. With no regret. On your part, but you ask him to forgive you, and he wiped it clean from your life. Hallelujah. You might remember it. He doesn't remember it anymore. When we see the character of God, what does that say to you and me? It means that I understand he's a compassionate God. He loves to give new starts. He's ready to forgive every single time we repent. So, How am I going to be like God then? I should have that character. Well, I have to live it. I learned from it this morning. You were reminded of the character of God. That's the image we were made in. But our sin nature battles it. But let's get back to it. Now, here's what I want you to write. Every Christ follower is to share the goodness of God. See, people are walking in darkness They don't know God is good. I guarantee you 99% of the people in the world have never seen that verse. And that's just one little verse on the character of the goodness of God. Many of you know this verse. You already told me at the beginning of this service, you'd like to be in light rather than darkness. Well, the world is in darkness. And then Jesus made this verse. Look at this verse. Look at this promise. Jesus said this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I, I alone, am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, whoever believes in me, whoever puts his trust in me, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, walk in darkness means trying to figure out what's going on. You know what it's like. You know, you can, where is it? What, what's it look like? No, I don't have to do that. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I may not see clearly what he's doing. When I started this church 25 years ago, I had no idea this is what I'd be doing. I thought it was just starting the church. But God knew, and here we are. He knows where he's leading you. His promises and paths are good for you. Relax. Let's bow our heads. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the unique status that Jews had as God's people. We also found out about their rejection of their Messiah, Jesus, and how it was foretold in the Old Testament. Pastor Mark also talked about the grafting of the Gentiles into the Jewish tree and the new priesthood God created where everyone is a priest, not just a select few. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This wraps up the sermon, Christ followers are God's chosen people and holy priests who share God's goodness. There was a lot of emphasis on our status as living stones being built into a house made for God with Jesus as the cornerstone. We were reminded that there are only two choices for all people, receive Christ and live with Him, or reject and exist in hell. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues through this series, Living Life with Living Hope. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurting world a new hope he is given